Hey everyone, Adam here with the Shooter's Touch. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When Brian and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had tons of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get my show into all the apps like Spotify, Apple Podcast, where all of our listeners can listen to it? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is actually pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and it is honestly ridiculously easy to use. Now, Anchor can match you with your great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast immediately. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading all of this stuff to you. So, when Brian and I started this podcast venture, one of our huge issues was we both have families, multiple kids, day jobs, multiple jobs sometimes. How are we going to get in the same spot at the same time to do this podcast on a regular basis? Anchor does that. No need to be in the same spot. It's essentially a phone call to one another and you're recording a podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, you need to go to anchor.fm backslash start to join me and Shooter's Touch and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear from you and to listen to your podcast. This week on the Shooter's Touch podcast, we welcome our first guest, Nick McGlynn, former men's basketball player at Drake University. Nick went through coaching changes, teammate changes, and all the above while he was at Drake. We talk about that and how he got to Drake and what's next for him, whether that be playing overseas and the TBT tournament coming up here very soon. We hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome back, listeners, to the Shooter's Touch podcast. We are Adam and Brian here, and um, a couple firsts for our podcast tonight. Number one, we have our first guest, Nick McGlynn, overseas here in the fall, um, as we said, and another first is that Brian and myself are in the same location for the very first time. So um, with that, we really appreciate you coming on um, and, uh, you know, just would, would love to get your story here and talk a little bit more about, you know, your, your time at Drake, your time here in, in the state of Iowa. Um, and then, like I said, kind of what the, what, what the future holds. Yeah, sure. I can do that. All right, Nick. Well, let our uh, listeners in a little bit as far as the backstory. Um, where'd you grow up? How did uh, you get here to Des Moines, Drake? Um, all those types of things. Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in a pretty small town south of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, you know, it was a wrestling school, so like basketball didn't get like, a huge look in terms of like, you know, the next level. Uh, so through AAU, I got in touch with, uh, Jack Aletti and, uh, Jeff Rudder and, uh, those guys, uh, my, uh, stuff going into my junior year of high school. Uh, and you know, every time I came here, I came here a couple times before I made my decision and, you know, my family and I, uh, love the city, um, you know, love the people that we met, uh, and, you know, to this day, you know, still love the city, still love the people. So um, really happy with the decision that I made uh, coming to Drake. And, uh, yeah, just, I mean, brief synopsis of kind of uh, what happened. You know, I, I 
wasn't a pretty traditional path in terms of, you know, it got kind of relatively unknown going into AAU, got a lot of attention uh, once I did uh, get into those higher AAU circuits and, you know, uh, no, I found, I, Drake found me, and I found Drake. What uh, what AU team did you play for? Uh, I played with the Wisconsin Playground Warriors. So uh, I was coached by Richie Davis and uh, Chris Kellett. In high uh, school? In high school? Yeah, those are my, those are my uh, uh, high school AAU coaches that I had. Nice. You said you got uh, you said you got recruited by Jeff Rudder. Is that right? Yeah, that's uh, that was that was the main uh, assistant, other than Jack Aletti. That you know, he he was the one that called me all the time. Right. And you know, still he's still pretty good friends with my family. Awesome. You know, we, we just yeah. So I so Coach Rudder was my assistant coach, and I played at U and I as well. So I know I I go way back with Coach Rudder too. And uh, AJ, you know, I'm obviously a little bit older than you, but when I was when I had my time with with Rudder. Um, AJ, I think, was probably in like second or third grade, so that's kind of aging me a little bit. But, uh, but I know Coach Rudd; he's a he's a he's a big time basketball head, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> no, that's a they, they, that guy never turns it off <laughs> on the court. On the court, he's he's still always talking about you know plays that he had when he was with Iowa State and you and I and Drake, and you know he's still uh, you know he's he's always ready down to talk some hoops. Always have the always have a pen and paper ready too, correct? Absolutely, and sometimes not even the paper. Uh, one time, actually, uh, we we went my uh, one of my visits. We went to dinner, um, and he had a pen, but he want and he wanted to show my dad uh, some of these late game plays that he had uh, with uh, Iowa State, I think. And uh, he didn't have any paper, so he took the cloth, like, not the cloth, but, like, the, like, the, the stuff that was covering the table, yeah. and he drew, drew on that, <laughs> and he showed my dad, my, he showed my dad and me, like, some of these plays in pen on the tablecloth you as know, the rest of them. I'm telling you, that guy guys, never turns it off. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's a great story. So, has it always been basketball? For you, or what sports did you play growing up? Uh, I mean, in the years that it kind of, like, mattered, I was always basketball, first basketball only. Uh, I played football for a few years. I was a big – I'm still a pretty big football guy. Um, Packer fan? Lacrosse, Pat, big Packer fan. Ah, you know, I, weird. That's how I, I, I was raised. So, uh, but, um, yeah, but basketball – Far and away, my favorite sport growing up, favorite sport to watch, and you know, still you know, wouldn't want it any other way. Still, absolutely. When can you remember uh, back to when you first knew that basketball was going to be kind of be your thing? Like when you first was that first experience, or you know, third grade, fourth grade? When was it when you were like, hey, you know what? I think this is this is this is going to be my thing. Yeah, I mean, so my dad was actually uh one of the coaches at my high school so he would bring me to practices um and stuff like that and, um, i remember i was able i uh, i remember four years old that was the first time he 
like first time he like routinely brought me to practice, and I I remember some of those some of those times. Wow. You know, I don't remember much from like my elementary school years, but I remember that. So I mean, just the fact that those that stuff sticks, you know, that's just you know how it is. Absolutely, gym rat early. Yeah, you could. That's, that's kind of funny you say that too, Nick. I uh, I kind of came up the same way. My dad was a high school basketball coach, and him and uh, or he would always bring my brother and myself to the gym for practice. And the uh, the amount of times he had to yell at us to stop dribbling basketball, uh, I'm surprised he kept us kept us coming back to practice. But that you know that honestly shaped us as basketball players. You know it uh, it it got you. A, an early start and got me an early start on, you know, learning fundamentals and, you know, knowing what a practice is going to be like, I think. So that's a, that's a cool story. And, you know, I can, I can, I can definitely relate to that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it, it seems to be, there, there's always that one moment where you just, it sticks in your head and, you know, you can always cite back to that as your, your awakening to basketball being your sport. For sure. For sure. Um, well, hey, you mentioned it a little bit here earlier, but uh, I guess give us a little bit more insight on why Drake. Um, were you recruited by anybody else, or was you know was Drake kind of always 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 the front runner there, or how how'd that go? Uh, you know, I I never Drake was the first one to recruit me. Drake was the first one that um, you know we actually got the experience of school. It was the first. I I I committed before my official. So, I mean, that was, wow. uh, so I, I knew, I mean, going into, uh, my junior year, you know, I, you know, discussing it with my parents, you know, there's no, there was no other place that I was really into, like, this, it, not even just in athletics, you know, academically, you know, Drake's a pretty good school, um, especially in the subject that I was, um, interested in at the time, whether it was journalism. Yeah. Uh. So that was um, academically, it was a very um, uh, attractive school to me. Um, and like I said, you know, I, the coaches that I met, um, the faculty that I met, uh, the players that I met, you know, those guys, uh, I, I still remember uh, some of my first interactions with those people. Like, I still talk to them to this day. So That's awesome. That's you know, awesome. Great. You got some great people here, and you know, four years later, I'm, I'm still really happy I picked it here. Perfect, perfect. Well, hey, uh, I know, kind of going back to the basketball side of things, um, you know, in the last three, four years, I mean, obviously, uh, you've had some, you know, obviously, a coaching turnover. Uh, you know, you had some had some teammates stay, had some teammates leave. Um, how did how did that affect the you know team atmosphere uh, in the locker room on the court? Um, and even even on the personal side of things, I mean, do you still do you still like talk to some of those guys who who maybe made a decision to uh, uh, who made a decision to make a move um, and go elsewhere? Yeah, I mean that was definitely um, the the thing about it was you know after that first year uh, we had a we had about I think we had three or four guys either you know transfer or just leave the team whether it was, like, walk-ons or whatever. Um, and so the years following, it, it just became part of what I was, what I understood to be the um, norm. 
and it was it wasn't until after that I realized just wow realized all the turnover realized all the um, uh, changes that I went through um, I never really took it personally um, most of the guys that we, we uh, that came through uh, left we left on good terms you know they they were, they were very professional about it uh, very you know heartfelt you could tell it was very genuinely hard decision they had to make but it was ultimately the right decision for them but in their in their view so you know obviously can't blame them for doing that um so yeah i mean i think that i I don't i i never saw it as weird or saw it as you know like a like a difficult thing because i thought it was a normal thing i guess what about as far as coaches it's kind of the same you know, it was um, it was always a it was always difficult um, watching watching that happen, um, especially during my junior year. Um, but you know, that but you know, ultimately you have we have you have to look at the bigger picture and think they're probably doing it for their own their their best interests, uh, their family's best interests. You know, it's not. Um, we, we, you can't take any of that personally, honestly. I think that's I the best way. I don't. To. I don't have any. I don't. Have, I don't feel any ill will towards any of the coaches. Ever. Yeah, you know, I. I think that's the best way to look at those things too, because you're. You're exactly right. I mean, you know, you put yourself in the players' shoes and the coaches' shoes, and you know, they're just trying to make the best decision for them and best decision for their family. Um, and it, you know, for the players or coaches that that continue to be at, I mean, Drake University that's a good way to good way to handle it as well. You know, just, Hey, this is how it goes. Let's just, let's, let's move on and keep playing basketball. Right. Right. Um, How about, uh, how about coach DeVries? I know you only had one year with him, but, uh, and obviously a successful year. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the future, uh, of, of, of men's basketball at Drake? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm so excited for them. Like they, those guys, most of the guys that I played with this year were all young guys. They have another year with them, and um, no, none of the uh, none of the returning scores from last year are um, uh, are leaving, uh, to my knowledge. Um, we got some good pieces coming in. Um, I got to get to know some of the newer guys, and you know, it, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a good team again. I think that this going to be I'm, I'm very excited for them they're hungry um they're you know tough uh, i might be biased but uh, that is a, that's <laughs> right. a, yeah i, I think that they're gonna have, they're, i think they're gonna have a good year i'm excited for them what do you think as far as the biggest difference with coach DeVries um coming in and his knowledge of the conference um, obviously, his ability to be able to go out and and get many of those players in which that you mentioned uh, on short notice and and be able to put the season together uh, that you guys were able to put together last year. Yeah, I think that um, uh, he definitely had uh, a very uh, it, it was a, it was a, uh, a different uh, approach to coaching, in my view, at least. Because he was very, uh, he knew exactly what system he wanted. He knew where he wanted players to, 
what roles players wanted to be. Um, but ultimately, he de- he never uh, restricted us in the roles that he had. He he let us he let us be basketball players in the roles that he had set out. So he was like on one hand he was uh, he ran a pretty tight ship. He ran he made sure that the fundamentals were secure and that we uh, we were good. But on the other hand, he was pretty uh, you know he, he didn't he he didn't want people like overthinking their roles at the same time. So I think that that was a pretty good approach, especially for the people that we had. Because we had some really good shooters last year. We had some guys like we had a lot of players that could make plays, um, and just and just managing all that. You know, DeVries definitely deserves some credit there. And a and a very successful year, obviously too. Like I mentioned, um, I guess before the season when you guys set out had that initial you know team meeting, what were some of the goals that you guys set for? Yeah. Um, you know, it was. Uh, uh, it was another first year, you know, so we always, we had the same talk of, um, you know, no one's going to expect much of us, so we're going to go out there and surprise them. Like, like that was the, that was the main, uh, you know, tone of the locker room. Um, we even, during the summer, uh, Nick Norton also even put it up on the, on the blackboard, you know. It wasn't gonna like uh, he put it on the he put it right on the side. It said 2018-2019 MVP champs on the on the whiteboard because we weren't gonna be we're not like we were picked ninth, so we weren't gonna be settling for fifth. Like that's not a successful year. Um, we had we had our goal we had um, we had lofty goals because we knew that with the talent we had, it was possible for us. So it wasn't a that's, it wasn't necessarily like you know brag like like that's like we didn't have we didn't like we're just gonna win it anyway type of thing. It was just it was a confidence maybe. Yeah, we put we pushed ourselves and once we got our got to that point you know of you know getting into a pretty good rhythm especially in the non-conference season. Um, you know it was it was just. Um, all downhill from there, like in terms of just the momentum of the inertia. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was just the, the confidence was pretty sky high going into it, and obviously it paid off. You, you talk a little bit about that on conference. When, when was it? Do you remember thinking back here uh, on this last season? You know, you had a couple good wins early on, the Boise State, North Dakota State, um, up in Minneapolis. When when was it, um, you know, going going through that non-conference that you guys really thought, hey, you know what, we we really do have something here. This could be something special. Uh, prob- I mean, probably when we went on that uh, pretty good run uh, right after the Iowa State game. You know, obviously that was a tough game for us. We thought that um, we, we could have uh, came away with that one. Um, but – what sucked even more was that after that Saturday game, we knew that we had a game Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. So, um, so we ha- we we knew that we had a long week ahead of us, and you know, probably especially in those Monday, Wednesday games, we probably could have said, you know what, whatever, you know, it's probably going to be, uh, it's going to be a long week. We we could we could take the foot off the gas now. Uh, but, you know, we said, you know, we were going to be in a tournament if we want to 
do well in the tournament, might as well start now. So we went out and we won all four of them. So, and at that and at that point, especially on that San Diego game, um, that was that was a huge team effort because you know uh, a lot of people stepped up in those games, especially offensively. Um, and you know, in a game where we were pro- we were down pretty much the whole game. Uh, we, we pushed it in overtime. We pushed it in double overtime. We, uh, we found a way to win, and that was no. And that ended up being a pretty um, key part of our success during the conference season. So, you know, that that was a point where you you could tell that this team was was capable of some special things. It, it's it's funny you say that because I I remember watching that San Diego game on TV and. Um, all the things that you mentioned, just the way that you guys were able to fight. And like you said, some of the guys that, especially at that point in the season, were so unknown as far as what, what to expect from them. Um, and for those guys to step up and for you guys to go out to Las Vegas and win that tournament, I know Adam and I had that conversation about, you know, this this team's got some good pieces. This could be something special. And then actually both Adam and I were in the house for that McKendry game. And, um you guys were just rolling early and often in that game um, coming off that went out in Las Vegas. And so, um, yeah, we were excited. It's, I, I think you're right. Is that really set the tone? Um, unfortunately, then uh, the next game, the first conference game, had a little misfortune with that one. Can you talk a little bit about that situation? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty tough because, you know, that, that – if you could find a guy, if you can find a guy that cares about the game more than Nick Norton, please let me know because I, that guy, you know, gave his heart and soul to this team. Not just, not just on the court where it, where you could clearly see that he was just he was able to push the ball, he was able to make plays for others. You know, that guy wanted to make the team better, um, but also in his leadership um, off the court you know, composure, you know, he was, you know, he always wanted the team to stay together. He always wanted the team to have that good morale all the time. And so when he, when he went down like that, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking for all of us. Um, and it was tough and, you know, you, you kind of have a loss for words and that's, and it's hard to, you know, think where do you go from there? Cause that's a, you know, that's a hell of a player that you just lose. Um, but, you know, obviously it was important to, uh, uh, like I said, you know, adversity hits us. we got to find a way to win. So, you know, after that little slump that we had after that incident, you know, we found our rhythm back. We got our rhythm back. And, you know, I I think that's what, uh, I think that was what we were most proud of, um, ultimately is that we, we got hit with some bad injuries early we got hit with some uh bad uh like breaks early and we were we, we weren't discouraged we kept we kept grinding well and i i think too with that though sometimes the silver lining anyway is that some of those young guys did were forced to step up and now all of a sudden dj's you know taking control of having to handle the ball a little bit more and Noah Thomas obviously sliding into the starting lineup and some of that stuff that, you know, those younger guys probably weren't expecting that role. Obviously when you have Nick and being able to control and do all the things in which that you mentioned, and now all of a sudden they're kind of forced into that role. And as we saw moving through the year, I think that really helped them 
throughout the season and then obviously for their rest of their career at Drake. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, yeah, I mean, if there's one, <laughs> if there's one uh, incident where uh, you you could find Noah Thomas's turning point, like it was in that, it was in that cluster of games where he was uh, put into the starting point and he was uh, uh, he was uh, forced to have that uh, you know starting leadership position, and so you know he. he and I, I, I have no complaints with how Noah played, especially after that like first few games. Like he was, uh, he was huge for us in the uh, playing the point, handling the ball, using his quickness. Um, DJ obviously, you know, he's so he's so talented scoring the ball. Um, you know, he's and both those guys. You know, I, I'm, I'm honestly scared to see how those guys are gonna be like, progressing through these next two years. Those are, that's that's going to be a, like, lethal combo for us. I think it, it, it speaks so much to, you know, your, your the coaching staff over there, you guys as a basketball team, too. Number one, you pick ninth in the Missouri Valley. You know, number two, head out to Vegas and, you know, have you play a San Diego team lastly there who – who continued to to you know, put the pressure on you guys and you guys came out victorious and then number three you know have that injury to Nick and um you know you you guys still just kept putting one foot in front of the other and you know being uh you know on this podcast me and Brian would review games for you and you and I as well um and you know it it was it just came a common theme that you know Drake does it again this is this the this is Drake basketball. They're fun to watch, and they and they continue to they continue to put W's on the board. So it was it was it was absolutely absolutely incredible to watch you guys. And that's just the the hurdles that you guys overcame was were um, you know were were for anybody else insurmountable, but it was good to watch. Yeah. No, thank you. That was. I mean, and it's and it's fun. You know, I, after a few after a few seasons where we struggled to get ten wins. You know, it's it was uh, you never after you have a couple of those seasons, that one season where you uh, find yourself in a pretty good winning streak, you never take those wins for granted. And which really, I think that's I think at least my mindset. You know, going into that, that was something I never took for granted. Yeah, I mean, with with, with those years that you had before, um, I completely understand that, and that and that had to make it made make it all the more sweeter for you. Um, and like I said, it was just, it was fun to watch, but uh, so what is next for what's, what's next for Nick McGlynn? You, you mentioned it. Um, you mentioned it briefly here earlier in the podcast, but uh, what else you got going on right now? Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm just trying to uh, stay in shape, trying to uh, keep my strength up. Uh, Cause I got uh, the TBT in late July uh, with the Iowa United team, and then um, in one month after that, I'm headed over to uh, Luxembourg uh, to start my professional career with a C71. So I'm very excited for that. What uh, what is that uh, TBT tournament like? So are you are you practicing with that team, or is that just kind of how you show up on game day and you guys all play together? Uh, kind of in the middle. Uh, we haven't met. Uh, formally yet, uh, the whole team at least. 
Uh, but you know, those guys, a bunch of those guys, I've already played with. Uh, that being uh, Reed's in that team, uh, Josh Young. So they, they'll, both those guys, I played with before. Uh, I played with uh, uh, Peter in like workouts and stuff. Peter Shock. Uh, yep. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's not like I'm unfamiliar with those guys. And then like the week before we head out. Uh, we got a couple scrimmages. We got a couple practices in there. So um, right now, it, it, I think everyone's just you know, trying to get in their best shape so that we when uh, game time comes, you know, we're just ready to go out there and ball out. Good man, good. So when uh, when you're not playing basketball, what do you like to do? What are some of your hobbies? What are some of the stuff you like to do off the court? You know, I, 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 you know, I'm, I graduated with, uh, with an English major and a digital media production major. Uh, so I uh, find any excuse to, uh, you know, uh, do some writing. Um, I do, uh, I, I play music too. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, an athlete's not complete without uh, just Netflix uh Laying in bed, <laughs> let your joints what is, feel. What, is, what instruments? Instruments? Yeah. Uh, I've been playing guitar for twelve, I think twelve, thirteen years. Twelve years. Twelve years. Um, and uh, I know I play piano. Played. Uh, I played bass when I was younger. I played. I was in the percussion when I was in the marching band. Uh, you know, I was a huge nerd. So you do it all, is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm a, I'm pretty versatile uh, when it comes to a lot of things, uh, but musically especially. So, so what's on the what's on the pregame uh, playlist then? Oh boy, um, my pre, my pregame playlist has a lot of Kendrick Lamar. That, oh. that dude always doesn't never fails to pump me up. Uh, that guy, I uh, listened to a lot of JID this past season. Um, I, I I got a whole bunch, uh, but I'm mostly I'm mostly a hip hop guy. That's, I'm a big I'm a, I'm a big hip hop. Well, that m- m- makes sense. I mean, you gotta have that to get, uh, get you fired up, get you ready for the game. Um, one of the other things we do here on the on the podcast is we talk a lot about sneakers too. Um, obviously, kind of basketball, hip hop, sneakers all kind of runs together. So what's your uh, what's your favorite hoop and shoe? Oh boy, um, you know I haven't I haven't played uh, any games in the past what four or five years that hasn't been Adidas. <laughs> even in high school, you know I was I was still uh, I had to play, wear Adidas for my uh, AAU team, so I was I was three strikes all the way. Yeah. Um, I you know I like. Uh, when when they came out, I love the Dame threes. Yep. Um, they, they they made a real that's a really good like real comfortable really good. I had, I was always a high top guy right up until I got to college and then like mid kind of where what I was at. Uh, this past year, uh, the uh, the those uh, James Harden's uh, came out with a shoe. Yep. So that was. Uh, that was that's what I uh, bought out in like the second half of the season. That was a I mean that was 
kind of my thing. But I like like I said, I don't have a gigantic plethora of shoes that I wore in those games. And being uh, um, you know, being at Division One college, uh, playing in college, you you kind of have to use what shoe they tell you to use, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, they don't unless you have like unless the shoe gives you like foot problems or something, they they yeah. they're pretty strict about it. For sure. Yeah. So um, you gonna sorry, you gonna uh, wear Adidas for the TBT then, or what's the deal? You know, I haven't figured it out. Um, you know, obviously, I got a little more freedom. So, yep. I mean, I definitely have a little bit of research to do when it comes to that. But, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not against wearing some of the shoes that I've already worn. Uh, you know, you know those, like, those uh, Dame 2s. That's what it was. The Dame 2s, actually. Okay. Damien Lillard's second shoe. That, like that's an old shoe, but I, you know, I, I still love those. I still love those shoes, and the one ones that I have actually are pretty. They're still in pretty good shape, so I might. Just yeah, try it. Try it. True, right? They, yeah, exactly. Well, Nick, again, we can't thank you enough for being on here. Uh, really appreciate all your time. Uh, we enjoyed, as we said, watching you while you were at Drake. The four years you were at Drake, and all the success you had and wish you the continued success here in the future.